standby. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Labricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday. Sometimes, if I'm feeling expansive, I will call it Television Tuesday, since TV is short for television. The more you know. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is one million dollars. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish. Flourish. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is the Silence brand noise-canceling headphones. Once again, today's sponsor is the Silence Brand Noise Cancelling Headphones. Thank you to them. TV Tuesday Extravaganza Extraordinaire Extra. Other things this week is with a little program by the name of Doctor Who, a little episode titled The Time of the Doctor. Yes, the Christmas episode. I realize you are most likely listening to this not even close to around Christmas. But, uh, I figured that uh, it might be nice to get a little time between the actual airing of this episode and the me talking about it on this episode, if you feel where I'm cooking. Huh? Just for the reason that I think there's not many shows out there where spoiler warnings, hence the one at the top of the show, are more important. So why not give you a little bit of extra time to digest this episode? For those of you out there who are going to do so, and I hope you do, because this was a doozy. Boy, howdy. Opening scene is a doctor, the doctor, talking to the head of a Cyberman, or Cyberman, if you prefer. (laughs) I don't remember where he got this. Has that ever explained where he got this? Anyways, he's trying to get, like, information out of this head which, we should specify, does not have a human head within it. Okay, just so you know. Uh, Information regarding a planet. A planet which is sort of shooting out a single signal into the cosmos. A signal that just about every spacefaring race that there is, apparently, has heard and is going to check out. Including the Doctor. Because it's like a what do you call it, the mystery. Yeah. Just as the Doctor sort of arrives on scene and then, I guess, inadvertently ends up on a Dalek ship, uh, he rescues himself from that situation because he's got a phone call. Well, he's in a call box, so that kind of makes sense, I suppose. Huh? Uh, The call is an emergency. Emergency coming from Clara, the Doctor's companion. Clara, who is cooking or rather attempting to cook Christmas dinner for her folks, and uh, was it her brother? Uh, I forget who the other dude was. Anyways, cook Christmas dinner, and it is going awry. So she needs help. 
in the form of a time machine to have this bird cooked sooner. Um, going up a very steep hill during just post a winter storm, so it frightens me for the reason that I've been in the same situation and spun out before. So I'm going to concentrate on this road momentarily. Okay, I've crested the hill, so hopefully that is the worst of that. Uh, just on that note, this is kind of a shitty drive um, to work in that it was a really bad snowstorm last night, a lot of warnings to stay off the roads, and yet here I am, driving to work like an idiot. <sighs> Anyways, the doctor arrives to save Clara, however, he is naked. Yeah, naked for the reason that... <laughs> and this has never been explained before, but apparently this is an ongoing thing, in that he is normally naked, however, the TARDIS, which is his space and time ship, if you are unfamiliar, projects the image of clothing into people's brains, so it appears that he is clothed, when in actuality he is not clothed. Very interesting, sciencey wyancy While the Kirky... Kirky... <laughs> While the turkey is cooking, I combined the word turkey and cooking into kirky. Yeah, that's what's happened. While the turkey is cooking, uh, the doctor takes Clara to this planet to try to unravel this mystery. And the Cyberman head, who's been doing sort of calculations onto what and where this planet is, lets the doctor know that this planet is Gallifrey. What the fuck? Gallifrey, if you aren't familiar, is home of the Time Lords of which Doctor is one, a Time Lord, that is, uh, the planet thought destroyed. So this is very, very interesting. Apparently, I guess it is sort of just a matter of time before all these other alien, quite often hostile people around the planet will come to the same conclusion. And needless to say, uh, the Time Lords are not well liked in the universe for the reason that their war, their time war, with other species threatened to destroy all of the universe and all of time and creation. For that reason, uh, one of the people circling the planet is the Church of the Papal Mainframe. Huh? I think this is something that has come up in the Doctor's past, although I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. Anyways, it's like a space church. Let's just call it Space Church. The leader of which, the Pope, I guess you would call her, uh, seems to know the Doctor. They got their flirt on pretty good, which was amusing, because you don't get to see or ever see the Doctor flirt very often. Strange, strange. This has introduced something very, very interesting, and that is the silence. Ooh. Yet another bad guy from Doctor Who's past. So far we got a Cyberman, we got da Daleks, 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 Daleks. We have now the silence. The silence who were apparently genetically engineered by this church so that uh, you could give your confession to them and then not remember it afterwards, which seems kind of strange. Anyways, the deal with the silence is while you're looking at them, you remember you remember them. You, you know you are looking at them. However, as soon as you turn away from looking at one, you forget of its existence. Very, very cool idea. And again, sciencey wyancy. They're just sort of a, a secondary, oh, that's interesting, of this episode. Uh, eventually, 
because this church folk are blocking people from going down to the planet, the doctor convinces this girl that he should be allowed down. She agrees, which I suppose makes sense, and he beams down. What do they encounter on their first beaming downs to this planet? Well, how about some goddamn weeping angels? What the fuck? Uh, this is, I think, for your bang, for your buck, gonna have the absolute most Doctor Who bad guys jammed into one single episode that has ever happened in the history of Doctor Who. I'm fairly certain, certain? I'm fairly certain that is the case, and uh, it was just pretty mind-blowing. Like, every friggin' other scene, you're seeing something such as this, and it's just nerdily goosebumps all over the place, I tells you. They, uh, not immediately, but eventually make their way to... I guess what is the only town on this planet, which is kind of a strange one planet, one town, whatever. Anyways, the planet by the name of Christmas. That's the name of the planet. The, the, the town, sorry. The town is called Christmas, which is good for the reason that this is the Christmas episode. Now, it's a Christmas episode, but there's not really too, too much Christmassy stuff going on. Like, they could have made this the Thanksgiving episode, although I don't think they... Do they have Thanksgiving in the UK? Is it the same one as ours here in Canada? Mm, I don't know. Anyways, as long as a turkey needs to be cooked and then just name the town Thanksgiving, it would have been sort of to the same effect. But uh, I'm fine with that. I come, I come for the Doctor Who on Doctor Who, not for the Christmas on Doctor Who. Bah humbug, I say. Within this town of Christmas... There is a truth field, which is a field permeating the town, which means that you can only tell the truth. What? That's pretty crazy. Uh, eventually, we reach, I think it's within a church, or somewhere with a clock tower anyways, yeah, uh, a basement of one of these buildings within this town of Christmas, where there is a split in the split within reality. As in that crack that has appeared in previous Doctor Who episodes. The crack, you know what I mean. The crack in reality. Whoa. Did you hear my anti-lock brake system engaging there? <laughs> because that's what that was. Oh, uh, on the note of that crack in reality, kind of cool little tidbit here is uh, I just got a hat online. And on the back of the hat... I had them put this crack, so it appears that on the back of my head is a crack in reality, which I thought was both fun and funny. We learn that coming through this crack, or at least making the attempt to come through, are the Time Lords, who are stuck in sort of this pocket universe. Oh, shit. Now, the way in which they get through is for the Doctor, Doctor Hugh, well, that's not his name, Doctor Hugh, the Doctor to say his name, his actual real name, which has never been uttered aloud, basically. Basically. So, all the people gathered around this planet do not want this to happen. So, it's a bit of a stalemate. They can uh, unleash fury on this planet and try to blow the bejesus out of it. However, if they do that, they know the Doctor will say his name and the Time Lords will come through. The Doctor, if he says his name and lets the Time Lords come through, know that all the people around the planet will try to blow the bejesus out of it. Mexican standoff. Time Mexican standoff. Timey-wimey Mexican standoff is basically what that is, and perhaps the title of this episode. Interesting. So, 
the doctor does not want Clara involved in the standoff for the reason he knows it's going to go pretty long. So he sends her back to her time. With uh, Sans Turkey, by the way, which wasn't very nice. How's she going to explain the lack of a turkey now? However, right before the TARDIS sort of heads back to the doctor after dropping her off, she sort of hops on board on the outside of it. Now that is interesting for the reason that it means the TARDIS has to expand its time shields, I guess is a way to look at it, in order to bring, in order for her not to sort of fall off and fall through time. Yeah, okay, let's say it that way. It may not be 100% accurate, but for our purposes, it's pretty goddamn accurate. So, that means uh, a lot of the power it uses to travel through time is used for this purpose, so it takes 300 years for the TARDIS to get back to the Doctor. Now, from Claire's point of view, it's only been, you know, a couple of seconds. From the TARDIS's point of view, who knows, because it's the TARDIS. From the Doctor's point of view, it's been 300 years, and he's been sort of fighting this standoff this entire time has been, become great friends of all the people, all the people of the town of Christmas, and they've sort of come to look at him as a sort of father figure, while these uh, constant probings and attack and, and attacks happen from from throughout, from without. I mean, now it turns out that uh, the name of this planet is not Galthray. Uh, I guess the Cybermen was thinking the signal is coming from Galthray, therefore the planet is Galthray. I don't know. Uh, the, the name of the planet is Trezalor. Trezalor, as we know from previous Doctor Who episodes, is where the Doctor is supposed to die. In fact, it does die um, at some point, anyways. Uh, 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 throughout this, the Doctor has had his sort of only friend from the outside world that didn't live in Christmas was that Cyberman head who he calls Handles. <laughs> Handles. Because if you've ever seen a Cyberman... Um, if you haven't, Google it. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. They kind of have handles on the side of their head, so he calls them handles. Uh, this Cyberman, 300 years, batteries winding down, having errors, he dies. Uh, the only reason I bring this up is because it was super, super sad when he, when he died. And it reminded me a little bit of uh, Tom Hanks in the movie uh, Castaway, in which uh, Wilson the volleyball sort of floats away, and he's super upset. Kind of that vibe. Handles and Wilson. Ooh, maybe that's something. Handles the Cyberman head versus Wilson the volleyball. You know what I find? If I put verses within my titles, I get a lot of um, listens. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind for myself right now. Mental note, Jordan. So, uh, Clara falls for the same trick again. <laughs> I forget what the exact scenario is, but uh, she is tricked into going away again, despite a promise from the doctor not to send her away, which I didn't think was very nice. Uh, so he learned how to lie in the truth field, I guess. Anyways, uh, she comes back again, right before uh, the town of Christmas is about to fall to the bad guys. And the doctor is super, super old, can't even uh, walk, basically, and knows his time has come. Something from the doctor who... Uh, canon is that the Doctor only has 12 regenerations. Oh, am I getting the numbers right? Yeah. So he can only die and come back 12 times. I don't know where that sort of arbitrary number came from, but it came from quite a while ago. 
which means that when he dies this time, that's, that's sort of it. He's kaput. So how do they get around this fact? The, the doctor and Clara, it's almost as, or is it Clara? Yeah, the Clara practically prays through this crack in the universe, prays for a miracle. Yeah, why not put it that way? A Christmas miracle, when you, when you think about it. Uh, this Christmas miracle is that the crack that was in the basement of this, the basement of this church disappears. Oh man, so what does that mean? It means that it reappears within space. Space! By that indication, it is a giant crack in the universe, and through it pours a metric shit ton of Time Lord energy. Time Lord energy! That's the energy of the Time Lords that means they can regenerate. This energy shoots into the decrepit doctor, infusing him. Infusing him! Infusing him with so much power that it's leaking forth from his arms, and he sort of shoots it at all the bad guys and saves the day. Yay. Yay, I say! I'm rhyming, it seems, for the reason that this is turning into Dr. Seuss, and not Dr. Who. Ooh, Seuss versus Who? Ah, uh, Who. Obviously. So, this sets it up for the end, where the Doctor is young again. However, young and still dying. All this energy infused with him has not saved this incarnation of the Doctor, it is just postponed it momentarily. So he is still going to die. We knew this was coming. We knew that uh, Peter Capaldi was on his way. What I assumed... <laughs> it's funny, I did assume that I would cry uh, in this episode, and I assumed correctly. Goddamn friggin' so sad to see uh, Matt Smith go. He was, a, he was an amazing Doctor. Uh, and he will be missed. Uh, I think the saddest part of his leaving was the fact that uh, Amy Pond shows up, who was sort of his first companion of his incarnation as the Doctor, shows up. She has been dead for a long time. She shows up and sort of takes him away. Uh, takes him away to Time Lord Regeneration Heaven, presumably, if such a thing exists. So uh, I like that fact, and that is when the waterworks came on a little bit. Now... Uh, this regeneration was kind of interesting in that because it was so much energy, the sort of transformation was snap of the fingers quick. So it went, oh, oh there's Peter Capaldi. And uh, I like his introduction to the show for the reason that sort of the first words out of his mouth are, um, do you know how to drive this thing? So there's going to be some craziness there where for some strange reason... The Doctor does not know how to drive the TARDIS. So, uh, yeah, that's going to make uh, traveling through time and space difficult when you don't know how to travel through time and space in your time and space machine. I, I think it's perhaps setting it up for some coolness in the form of not knowing where they're going and just sort of randomly traveling, which I think... Uh, in sort of old-school Doctor Who, there was a time where the Doctor was unable to control where the TARDIS went to. So maybe it'll have sort of the feel of that. Cool beans. Folks, uh, I don't really rate TV episodes per se. Uh, I also say that occasionally and do rate them anyways, which is what I'm going to do here with an easy-peasy Japanesey 
five out of five. This episode was amazing. Uh, it was an amazing Christmas episode, uh, although that's not too prominent within the episode. It was amazing uh, send-off for Matt Smith, and it was an amazing introduction for Peter Capaldi, so I am looking forward to new episodes. Which one did they start? Jordan, mental note, look when the new episodes are going to start coming in, because I want more. More! Alright, folks, uh, so that'll do her for now. Ender, if you will. Ender's game? No. Just Ender's this. So I will say the final thing that is always the final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper